Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Played 10 years in the league. He's doing broadcast work for Fox these days, sideline reporting for the Vikings. Ben Lieber, good enough to join us here on CBS Sports Radio. Ben, Jody Mack here in New York. How you doing? I'm doing great, Jody. How you doing, man? Good. Um, as a former player, how much does adding an extra game to the season actually mean to wear and tear on one's body? I know on any given year, if you're dealing with an injury, it's different, but I'm just talking on average over the course of a year, relative health, how much more you put your body through to play a 17th game? Well, you know, it doesn't seem like much, but it, it, it's quite a lot, you know, to get yourself ready um, up there in battle again for another Sunday. And, and you know, if, if everything goes through, with the the new playoff scenarios as well, I think there's going to be a lot more meaningful games at the end of the season, and you're going to be scrapping and clawing. And, and there, for a lot of teams, I think there's going to be a playoff atmosphere to the last few weeks of the season. And then you got to throw in uh, the extra game. To me, it's it is physical uh, for sure, but I don't think people realize the the mental health toll it takes on players. You know, it's a uh, the the emotions and the anxiety and, and the stress that happens through the course of the season is a lot. It's a lot to handle. Um, you know, I myself would lose, you know, 10 to 12 pounds um, just during the season just because I of stress and couldn't, uh, didn't have time to eat as much as I'd like and, and keep the weight on. And, and uh, so it, it all sort of compounds. And so it is, it is difficult just to add that 17th game, especially if they're not going to throw in an extra bye week or, or some sort of abbreviated bye week to let guys sort of mentally heal as well. Now, from everything that's been reported, everything I've heard, the owners have been the aggressors. If you have any negotiation, any meeting, one side is a little bit more aggressive than the other. And the owners have been pushing to get this done a year in advance before the old collective bargaining agreement expires. And I think most people reading into it believe that that extra game, 17th game, and uh, in accordance with it, a extra playoff game as well, adding a playoff team, uh, is the reason that they're pushing as hard as they are for this. First of all, do you agree that that's the case? And secondly, why do you think they want to get it done a year in advance? Well, it's, it's, it's all about money. And, uh, you know, we all know that the TV contracts, basically pay for the biggest part of that that AR, that all revenue that they keep talking about, uh, which is going to increase under the owner's proposal uh, about a percent, percent and a half. Um, but the TV deals, that, that's, that's the, the meat of, of all the money. And, and now they're going to include the, the streaming rights. And that's the one that I think that everybody's sort of hung up on. And I think the owners have an idea of what the streaming rights are going to be, a ballpark figure. But I don't think those numbers have been really shared with the NFLPA. I think 
uh, the streaming services themselves um, are having a hard time really trying to monetize how they're going to make money on the advertising in the, in the NFL. Um, so I think there's a lot of just uh, unknowns with the streaming services, but they want to get the NFL owners want to get cracking on that as soon as possible, because I think it is going to be an arduous negotiation with whomever they decide to, to agree with. Um, so that's why they want to get everything done now so they can go get after those, those regular TV contracts and the streaming contracts. And, and, you know, the other part of the 17th game deal is, you know, that, that was that ridiculous, uh, contract in there for a per player rate of, of, capping it at $250,000 is just is a little ridiculous uh, given the fact that there are, you know, a, probably a smaller percentage of players that make more than that uh, per game. And so I don't know why they're trying to cap it when it's a true game. Um, so that's something I think the players are like, wait a minute, if this is a, this is a regular game. So we should be making our, our per game uh, rate uh, no matter what. I agree with you on that one for darn sure, and that might be the sticking point and why they pulled back. Ben Lieber, former NFL linebacker turned broadcaster, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, as a former player, you certainly were involved with the union and uh, got your chance to vote when collective bargaining agreements came up and the like. Give us a little feel for how it works. Um, you know what the issues are. You meet with yeah. your player rep from your team. There are conversations you have with those guys, uh, but you also talk to your fellow teammates. I'm guessing your agent gets involved and gets into your. You tell the agent what you're hearing. The agent tells you what you think, what he thinks your your stance should be. How how all encompassing in that is that? And uh, do different players handle? their responsibility for one vote differently? Yeah, they really do. That's, I mean, it's a great question because it's, it's very, it is very layered. You know, when it comes to trying to understand the totality of the CBA, it takes a lot of work. And when you become a, a player rep, they give you all of these huge packets of information. And, and there's, just, there's just no way that you can understand all of it, you know, go through it on, on your own with a fine tooth comb and, and feel like you've got a good grasp on it. it it takes a lot of a lot of hours, many months, uh, even years to sort of understand the CBA. So you're going to rely on anybody that you can, uh, other other players that are player reps, or or maybe not player reps. Ask guys that your your buddies are on the executive committee. You do reach out to your agents uh, just to say, you know, what are some things that I should know, uh, and anybody else. It's just like anything else. If you don't know, find the people that do know and pick their brains about it. Um, I was, I, I got to tell you, I was a little disenchanted with the process itself. It's, it becomes a little political. Um, you know, the, the big meeting that we had out in Hawaii, which they don't do anymore, at least at that location, um, some of the voting process was a little bit, a little strong-armed. It was, uh, it was not necessarily looked upon as a great thing to, to be contrarian, to bring up issues and and to have these big debates because they're so worried about solidarity. Solidarity is like the number one thing that they kept preaching over and over and over again, where we would sort of just force these unanimous decisions, um, even though the group of of men were actually quite divided. Um, So I didn't didn't like that part of it. I thought I was a little disenchanted with that. I'm like, I thought this would be a little bit more democratic. Um, But I think that there is there's not a lot of time. And so I think in the essence of time, I do understand that 
you, you do sometimes have to push these things through, and you have to trust the guys in the executive committee, and you have to trust the Morris that they know what they're doing. No, and the funny thing about that is time is a big factor here. It's a factor that shouldn't be a factor because you got more than a year before the collective bargaining agreement comes to an end. Usually it well, they wait till the 11th hour to get these things hammered out. They're trying to do it more than a year in advance. That should tell you something. And if you are going to have unity, this would figure to be one. Guys start to get nervous. Guys start to fight and dig in and take their stances when they're up against the deadline. There's no deadline here. And yet it seems like there's a split at the top, and that's why they walked back away from the offer that the owners were about to put on the table. Uh, That sounds like a change from what you're used to. How ugly do you think this could get just amongst the players? You know, I I have the sense that they pulled back because the, the deal almost, in some ways, almost seems too good to be true. You know, they, they, upped the amount of money for player health. Uh, there's now an addendum in there that even former players, they did not increase the five years post football health coverage, but they did throw in uh, you know, free checkups at certain hospitals, expanding the hospital network, uh, giving former players a little bit more free access to, to some healthcare stuff, which, you know, it, it, it's some, it's strides, but I don't, I don't think as a former player, it's big enough. Um, but they're, it is kind of a nice little pot. You know, you look at the overall deal and like, yeah, that's not so bad. Um, so I think when they go back and they, they sit down and because they have a little bit more time on their side, they're going to say, there's a lot of good things in here. Let's just tweak a few things. Let's ask for a little bit more in this other area and see if the owners bite on that. Um, because I think the, the initial offer does seem pretty nice. And I think that's why, um, on the outset, it was like, well, just sign the deal because this was a sweet deal. But because there is time and they do have a better part of a year, they can really look at this thing in greater detail and say, well, maybe we could squeeze a little bit more money out of this area and this area. And I think both sides are going to come to agreement here pretty soon. Former NFL player Ben Lieber, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Um, all right, let's uh, put the negotiation and collective bargaining agreement aside because we're a couple of weeks, weeks away from free agency starting. I'm sure yep. uh, the parties would like to get a deal done ahead of time, but if they don't, the, the season is going to march on. There's a chance we have more activity and more big-name activity in free agent quarterbacks than we've had maybe ever, certainly in, in years, decades at least. Um, I'm going to throw a couple of uh, major quarterback names that you tell me where you think they're going to be playing their football sure. this All year. Right. One, Tom Brady. I think Tom is going to stay right there in New England. Um, you know, it's it's it would be fun for him. I mean, it'd be fun for the league. It'd be fun for my position, your position right now, Jody, in, in the media to to speculate on where he's going to go and and who's going to go after his services. But I I think he's such a smart player and such a smart person that he realizes his best opportunity is is right there. I, I think he's going to leverage his situation a little bit to get some, some concrete answers on how they're going to build an offense around him for another year or two. Uh, obviously, he's got to be frustrated with the, with the lack of receivers, um, just the lack of offensive firepower. And if I, if I think that he can leverage his situation into sitting down with them and saying, all right, what's your plan? Who are you going to go after? You know, 
if we, you know, with this money, are we going to go after this free agent? Are we going to, are we going to make a trade for, for certain players on offense? He wants to know exactly where the offense is going to, is going to lie. And, and he's going to use that leverage any way he can. So I, I, I do ultimately think that uh, he's going to realize the grass is not always greener. Um, He's he's made a, a Hall of Fame career in that one spot. I think he's going to stay right there in New England. How about Philip Rivers? Like uh, Brady, a potential Hall of Famer. Brady's a lock Hall of Famer. Rivers is a potential Hall of Famer. Uh, San Diego is, or excuse me, uh, Los Angeles. I'll call him San Diego till the day I die. Chargers have uh, let it be known that they're going in a new direction at quarterback. Where's Philip Rivers land? Um, you know, I would love to see him paired with Matt Rule uh, in in Carolina. Um, I think Matt is, is going to be a fantastic uh, head coach in the NFL, and I think their personalities would, would jive really, really well. Um, I do like the idea of him going to Indianapolis, though. I think that would make probably more sense for him just because I think they're they're more poised to win now than, than Carolina is. So... I see him playing behind that that strong offensive line in, in Indianapolis and, and throwing the ball around. Lions have a high draft pick in the first round this year. There are some talented quarterbacks in this year's draft. Are they holding on to Matthew Stafford or moving him and taking a new QB? And if so, where does Stafford land? <laughs> that would be um, that'd be a little sad for me, honestly, being in a being in a, NFC North for so many years and, and him just being so synonymous with, with Ford Field and, and those blue jerseys. Um, I have a ton of respect for him. I think he's he's probably the toughest quarterback, I think, in the in the NFL and he really? doesn't get a lot of credit for it. Um, you know, where does where does he end up? That that's a good question. I I'm not sure if does he end up in Miami? Uh possibly. Um does he end up in Indianapolis? Possibly. Um, I think because that's such a big piece to trade away, it's going to have to be the right situation. And, and um, I, I almost ultimately think that they're not going uh, to get rid of him right now, uh, but they will be drafting a quarterback pretty high and, um, and get ready for, the, for him to, to, to depart and, and build the franchise with the young guy. All right, and since you're an admitted Viking guy to uh, sideline work for the Vikings, who are they taking in the first round? If you don't have a name, at least give me a probable position. Vikings first-round draft pick will be a what? Well, I think right now it's going to be a cornerback. Um, and, and this organization under, under Mike Zimmer has gone – quarterback pretty heavy in the draft um mike hughes is gonna is gonna come back even healthier next year um you know what happens with xavier rhodes i think that's a that's a big question mark going into free agency and going into the draft uh, he's still under contract but the last two years has not played very well it does not sound like they're gonna they're gonna sign trey waynes back uh because the vikings just don't have any money to spend uh in free agency uh, because it sounds like Anthony Harris is a, is a big-time uh, priority to get him back as a safety. Uh, so I think it's going to be corner. Um, and, and, you know, there's a guy that I like, Damon Arnett from, from Ohio State. Uh, he's not the best corner on the board, but I think that he's a first-round talent, and I think uh, it sounds like there's going to be a run on, a, on three or four corners before the Vikings get to 25. And I think that he's a guy that's going to be there. And he's a, he's a feisty. He fits the mold of, of what Mike Zimmer's looking for when it comes to attitude. Um, 
you know, he's a ball hawking type of guy. He's got great footwork and, and he's not afraid to tackle. And that's the one thing about, about Zim's defense is he needs his corners to, to be men out there on the, on the outside and not just cover guys, but they got to tackle as well in the run game. And I think that he's the type of player. If he's right there, I, I don't see how you can pass on him. Sounds like a guy who's already done his work for the draft months in advance. Uh, and I wasn't planning on asking you, but you just led me there and you gave me a great answer. Ben, good stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. We'll talk to you plenty over the course of the season. Thanks for a couple minutes today. No problem. Sounds great anytime, man. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.